0: If you do any prospecting with LinkedIn, you have got to go get set up with SURF. That's S-U-R-F-E. It's a tool you can use to add new contacts to your CRM system directly from LinkedIn in seconds. I'm using it every single day. I add contacts, follow my deals, keep track of notes, and it ends up saving me a bunch of time on prospecting and outreach, which means I can spend more time moving my deals along. The data is always 100% accurate since I don't have to copy and paste all the fields over from each and every contact that I wanna put in my CRM. Instead, Surf does that all automatically with just one click in about 60 seconds. The team over at Surf has put together a very special offer for fans of sales players. There's a link down in the show notes and you can use the promo code JWSURF5. Don't forget the E at the end of Surf. That's JWSURF5 for 5% off your first year. Don't spend another minute doing things manually. Go get set up with Surf. This episode is sponsored by Apollo, a tool that's helping me to open doors and close deals faster. Wanted to share it with you. Apollo is a complete end-to-end sales platform, letting you email, dial, connect on social, build plays, and schedule meetings. With conversational intelligence, transcribing my calls lately, and reminding me to act on my next steps to drive deals across the finish line, It's been a lifesaver. It's no wonder Apollo is the most loved sales tool on the planet. Thousands of users rank Apollo as a top tool on G2. Start today completely free and see how Jesse and I use Apollo. Sign up in the show notes below or at thesalesplayers.com forward slash Apollo. That's thesalesplayers.com forward slash A-P-O-L-L-O to start your free trial. (laughs) My guest today is Renan Deviguier. Renan is the CEO and founder of OSS Ventures based in Paris, France. Now, I love when I have someone on the show who is doing something completely different in the world of SaaS. And what makes Renan and his company very interesting is they are focused on the manufacturing industry and category. And you don't hear a lot about certain types of verticals in SaaS, manufacturing being a big one healthcare is another one that comes to mind of course there's more and more of that these days but there's a lot of underserved verticals in the business world and i think manufacturing is one of those so renan and i talk about the companies that are in his portfolio as part of oss ventures his go-to-market approach for selling to manufacturing companies and some of the solutions that they're building to help solve really big complex problems for these types of companies now the The big takeaway from the episode is that there's this massive opportunity in manufacturing SaaS, and Renan and his team are on the forefront of solving some of these huge problems, and they're looking to hire a large number of sellers and business development professionals to help them bring some of these products to market. So the call to action of the episode was to check out some of the job postings on his website, which I've posted in the episode notes. Overall, fantastic conversation, super interesting. And so with that, welcome Renan. Thank you so much for for coming on the show today. Uh, Glad we got connected. Tell us uh, first a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. Big fan of the show. Um, So my name is Renan. I'm 36 years old and I worked in manufacturing and operations Um, Up until 28, then I created a company, a technological startup uh, that was selling HR services, recruitment, ended up selling my shares uh, of that company and exiting. It was between uh, Latin America and uh, San Francisco. And uh, now uh, we created OSS Venture Builder. And so OSS Venture Builder is a venture builder. So we basically create startups and then onboard funders. Uh, to head the companies once the products are built and the first clients are there. And so in the past three years and a half, we created 15 companies. The 15 companies are live in 1080 factories because we only sell to factories. Uh, And on those uh, 15 product lines, I would say that nine uh, are already teams of more than 40 people up
0: and running, selling like out of the water. Amazing. So how did you how did you come up with the idea for that? First of all. So
1: I started my career in manufacturing, right? And so I have some numbers for you. Manufacturing and operations is 25% of the world GDP. It's 0.7% of startups. So there is a huge discrepancy. The second stat is that the the IT slash software budget of manufacturing and operations is less than 4% of sales. It is expected to go to eight by 2030. Okay. So wow. massive catch up. Yeah. And the third thing is, um, in San Francisco, uh, a friend told me a joke, which is that there are only two ways of making money in enterprise software. And that is either to bundle or to unbundle. And so I think, and numbers are starting to prove it, that we are in the unbundling phase of software for manufacturing. Before it was ERP taking 80% of the budget and it will be less than 40% in 2030. And so there's that explosion of value where you can put SaaS and you can put uh, different software in the factories.
0: So the the companies that you have coming in that you're onboarding, are they predominantly SaaS products then or is it other types of services and and systems as well
1: only SaaS.
0: that's okay and what what kind of things are you seeing with these companies that are coming in onboarding what's what's working well for them to get their message out there and get in front of their target buyers
1: yeah it's it's actually very interesting so the 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 factories in Europe and in the US it's is the same you have about 5 to 10% of factories that are owned by very big corporations, S&P 500, like big corporations. You have about 20% that are single factory companies, but you have the bulk, so the yeah. bulk of the market, and it's companies, 3 to 15 factories, family-owned, uh, great growth, and this is our target market. And in this target market, the numbers are pretty clear and pretty simple. If you sell something to a factory that is less than 100 K dollar per year, then the factory director doesn't need to tell corporate.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So if you go that, it's going to shorten your deal cycle pretty significantly. Yes.
1: And so we tried going for headquarters to the mistake. So now that what we are doing is we target one or two factories directly, site director. We say, look, we can make you gain this amount of money and it's 10K or 20K dollars and test us for four weeks. They do that. They see that they gain money and we say, okay, let's deploy and it's 80K, 100K per year. And they say, yeah, sure. And so we deploy one factory. That sales cycle is about five to six months. And after that, say, cycle, we go to corporate and we say, look, that's amazing. Don't you want to have that in all your factories? And 50% of the time in six weeks, we have a headquarter contract to deploy. And we generally deploy about 50% of all factories. Got it. So by doing that, you're going to a value of selling of like 400K, 500K per year for a given account and the secret that we have at oss venture is that all our companies are sharing their crm and so 40 percent of all the sales that all the companies are doing is cross-selling like oh. liked that first product there is another one here is it yes and so that's how we kind of i won't i won't say we cracked the thing but we have very good insight in how to scale fast in a very conservative industry.
0: Yeah, that's, I think manufacturing is probably one of the categories in SaaS that's not been served over the last decade, right? And uh, yeah, it's really interesting to hear that it's, you know, predominantly kind of family owned, it's all very consolidated in the space. Um, what are some ways uh, that that you get in touch with the right person at a company like that? Is it, is it through outbound prospecting campaigns? Or are you running demand-gen sort of inbound demand gen type campaigns? How do you how do you find the right person at, at a company like that?
1: So our three best channel to get top of the funnel is one mail, like very strong mailing and uh, very personalized saying, okay, you're in textile. Here is a use case from textile, they gained x amount of money and here is how and following up with a video or with some white paper and usually after some time you get some interest. Our targets, they are not on LinkedIn. They they really don't care about online. They only go online to check for reinsurance and making sure that you're actually a company. So that's our first channel. The second channel is direct cold call. So we have people cold calling, cold calling, cold calling. And the third channel, which is Hilarious. We found a company in Europe that uses a robot to handwrite cards.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And so we handwrite by the robot cards, and we have more than 60% response rate.
0: Huh. From handwritten AI yes,
1: From handwritten notes.
0: Are you able to share the name of the vendor that does that?
1: Yes, for sure. Let me let me check. I think it's something like on the right, dot me, something like that. I can I can share it uh, with you after the show. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, yes. I think they are Polish or something like that. And it's hilarious because they have those robots writing with actual pens, and the response rate is just through the roof.
0: Yeah, I know that that like, like handwritten notes is an amazing approach to getting the attention for, of somebody. But if you're like me, I have very poor penmanship, and I get you know I get writer's cramp really quickly. So I have in the past tried to do a campaign, and I could get to like maybe three or four handwritten notes before I give up and throw in the towel. So it's kind of cool to hear that there's a solution for that out there. Um, exactly. Drop that in the show notes, just because I think a lot of sellers out there are looking for new ways outside of the box that they can use things like AI, but still in a way that's not, you know, bastardizing their, you know, the human approach to selling. So that's a kind of a creative way, that's a very creative way to, to think about that.
1: Yeah, and the, so the, the name of the of the company is manuscry with a, a Y at the end. And so it's, it's in Europe. So I don't know if there is an equivalent in the US. If not, launch the business. You get yourself a really good business.
0: Awesome! No, that's half. Yeah, if, if so, for the listeners out there, if you're not, uh, if there's not, if, if you can't find a U.S.-based AI handwritten a handwritten note tool, go start one. It could be a really, really cool venture. Love that.
1: And so, yeah, that's how we generate interest.
0: So those are some good channels. Tell, I want to maybe unpack a little bit of your expertise around pitching and presenting? Because, you know, not only does it sound like you've raised money, uh, but you're also pitching to a lot of different people, it sounds like, whether that's uh, investors or, you know, new recruits to your program. What are some things that you've found have helped you in improving your ability to pitch or storytell or present?
1: I would say that, well, starting a company obviously helped because I had to pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch. And the practice makes, I don't know if it makes perfect, but it, it makes you work. Uh, I would say that three big things really improved my getting the message around. The first one is always focus on the other person. I, I'm an engineer. And so I love to talk about how it works, but nobody gives a damn. And so you need to talk about what he or she gets. Yeah. And so that deep exercise of empathy and of getting the point across, but not my point, actually discovering their point, was like it's still a work in progress, but I, I think it's very important that 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 would be the first. Um, the second is intuitively, I speak less than I used to, and I pitch more by speaking less. I'm more listening to people and trying to discover their view of the world understand what they want and talk about them. So that would be the second. And the third, which is very powerful is show, don't tell. Mm -hmm. So I always share real stories. I always share real data points. I always share things that are actually happening or happened. And that is so much more powerful than telling and saying this would be also awesome. many reasons why. But no, like your neighbor gained this amount of money because of what we did. Do you want to do the same? <laughs> Way more powerful than some, this is the concept or I don't know why.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Sort of the network effect, like being able to point to that social proof to, to then you know maximize the point that you're trying to drive in the presentation. I like that. What are uh, you know? What are some things that uh, have have been challenges that you've had to overcome in you know growing the business? What are some of the biggest uh, setbacks that you've had? I think the, the fans of the pod always like to hear, you know, I, I like to of course pump everybody up, but there's also it's it's good to hear you know what what doesn't go well sometimes when you're growing and scaling you know several SaaS businesses in your case SaaS businesses. What are some of the biggest kind of setbacks and, and challenges that you've seen? so i would say that the first one is
1: recruiting training safe people it's the number one bottleneck to the growth of the world company Uh, here is the thing our sales need to have some level of empathy to manufacturing directors and that's a world that nobody knows But at the same time, our salespeople need to be salespeople, right? And to be able to sell. And so there are about 320 people in uh, all the companies right now, out of which about 80 are sales, okay? I would say that we had 40% turnover in year one because we would go for people from the manufacturing sector, but they were really bad at sales. Or we would go with typical salespeople, really pushy in SaaS, but they were not understanding the subject well enough for them to sell the thing. And so I would say that our biggest mistake was not understanding what we had to do in that. And so we invest a lot in training new salespeople and we only take people who don't come from manufacturing but have done complex sales. And so we have an onboarding process of two weeks where they go in factories, they listen to interviews that we did, and they have like a virtual tour of a factory to understand how it goes and blah, blah, and blah, 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 for them to get that sliver of manufacturing knowledge that they need to be able to sell to those people. And one of our biggest headache is that if you are looking for people able to sell SaaS to manufacturing companies, they do
0: not exist yet. Mm. Because there are no SAS in manufacturing, <laughs> so, so we have to create them. So how do you do that? How do you? Is there another similar experience set that you pull from that that can lend itself well to selling to manufacturing? I'm really curious there.
1: We we've had good results with people uh, coming from infrastructure telecom um, because it's highly technical, high touch, complex, but very honest people, very down to earth, very return investment driven. There's no no there's not much, not much hype in the selling process. It's just very, this is the value that let's get to it. Uh, and so we've had good success with that. We've had good success with people coming from the big projects setting. So construction, for example, uh, because those are the kind of the same environments where uh, people are very non-nonsense, very pragmatic. Like when you have a factory, you don't have time for all the things. So, so culturally it's kind of the same as construction. And so we've had good success with that, with the proper training. And that is why, where we, 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 historically we are bad, uh, but uh, we are improving in that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's, it is in some ways almost like a new category of SaaS. So you're having to, to, really think differently about everything and find as much complementary talent as as you can find in order to to bring them in to to build these these companies. So in your do you call it a portfolio that you have? Is that how you'd refer to it? A, okay. Yeah. So in your portfolio, do you have one or two companies that's outperforming the other ones significantly or are they all pretty level? It's pretty level. We we started three years and a half ago.
1: And so you have the the first batch. The first batch is 60 to 80 people company, they're in several hundreds of factories and everything. You have the second batch. There are like 10 to 30 people company. They are in several dozens of factories. And you have the batch of companies that we are creating right now, where it's four people coding furiously their first product. So it's, it's really a pretty different batch. Um, what's what's interesting, I think, is that um, I'm, I'm very data driven, so I'm going to give you some stats. Yeah. Um, we have 8% follow through for our first two startups from cold call to first contract, which wow. is like four times benchmark in SaaS.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That is a, wow.
1: And I have another stat for you. If you call a factory director and you tell him, apart from machine maker, how many people called you this year to sell you software? The average is 2.3. Wow. And only ERP vendors.
0: That's insane. Yeah, I think if you're calling into like retail or D2C brands, you're calling into other tech companies, it's a crazy percentage. So This is a completely green field where there's just not been this saturation of people calling and emailing and hounding uh, the buyers. So it's a really cool marketplace. Is is the pitch itself like when when you're you know pitching to uh, manufacturing factories, is it technical or is it more business oriented?
1: It's very interesting. We have a third of the portfolio that is highly technical, like very nerdy. For example, we we invested in a in full speed automation. They are doing GitHub, but for machines. So basically, you can code in the cloud and you push the code to the machines. Okay, that is very nerdy. (laughs) You sell to the nerds, it's a platform sales, like it's very nerdy. At the same time, we have Oplit, which is a planning and supply chain solution. Uh, They are purely selling stock, uh, time to produce and productivity. So it's a very business decision. And so I would say it's one third, thirds, And we are having better results with the non-technical sales.
0: Interesting. Okay. So uh, a lot of my listeners out there might be wondering how they can break into to doing something like this. Maybe they even want to come work for, for one of your companies. Um, how can someone get in touch with you to, to do that? And what advice would you give them to go through sort of the interview and evaluation process?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so we have a website that is called OSS.ventures. So O-S-S dot ventures. Uh, and so you can call us and, and leave us a message here. I would say also that my main message for listeners is, of course, come work with us and just go to factories. Like, counterintuitively, it is the future. Uh, if we want to solve climate change, we will have to produce differently. In, at Tesla, software is 20% of the cost of production. At Stellantis, it's 4%. So in the next 10 to 20 years software in factories is going to explode because we are reshoring everything and everything. And so this is the perfect moment to start working for software in factories.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, there's a bigger vision at play here. There's a bigger mission at play here it sounds like. And I think you're I think you're right that this is a really huge untapped opportunity and why not if you're a seller out there go and try to find a new category that's that's rising versus go and play in the same space that's already really saturated, go and do something kind of unique and get a really customized skill set, and hell, close a lot of deals along the way too, because it sounds like you guys are having a lot of success with uh, resonating with these factories and being able to bring product in and, and, and sell significant deal sizes. I mean, up to 100K, that's a really great SaaS deal. That's a huge commission check for a seller. And, oh, yeah. And I can, you know, I can see that that would lend itself to to very high growth if you can continue to sell at that level um, to, to those factories. So uh, what other, what what advice would you give to listeners out there who are either, you know, maybe they're interested in starting a company of their own, uh, maybe they're just trying to, to sell more product or, or grow their career, uh, any kind of final words of wisdom on just business advice in general would be really interesting to hear from you.
1: What I would say is if you want if you want to have little worry, you go where everyone is. But if you want to gain a lot of money, you go where not everyone is, and you go contrarian. Uh, everyone is going in tech, everyone is going into those categories. Those categories are milked to death. Yeah. And it's probably the end of a cycle. And so work and expose yourself to new cycles and new opportunities that are not intuitive and you may stumble onto something big.
0: That's great advice. Go where there's what blue ocean as they call it. There's, you know, Greenfield where there's not a lot of other people playing and uh, there's there's some, ri- you know, hopefully riches in that niche, right? As they say, a lot of cliches there. Um, well, uh, anything, you know, I guess, how how can my listeners get in touch with you directly or follow you if they'd like to do so?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm Siponza uh, on Twitter. Uh, so please uh, uh, please connect. Uh, and also you can send me a mail at uh, renan at oss.ventures. Pretty simple.
0: Pretty simple. Well, Renan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate your insights into this category of SaaS and uh, best of luck as you continue to grow OSS and uh, scale out your venture.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jess. It was blessed.